Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Roots, and Tim Sway. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. For those of you who are new to this podcast, we are three guys from different walks of life, and we discuss what we have in common, which is a passion for making with reclaimed materials. Um, I am your host, well, one of the three anyway. My name is Phil, and I guess I'm the white-collar one. Our blue-collar, uh, I guess, representative would be Bill. And Tim, well, he doesn't really wear a, a collar, does he? He's really <laughs> he's really more Coll- of an artist. Collarless. Coll- yeah. He only wears crewnecks. Um, so what we usually start off with is our top Patreon supporters. And uh, after I read off this list, I'll tell you exactly what you get for that. So uh, this week's top Patreon supporters are Make, Build, Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Keith Decent, Ryan Ridgely, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, Marcin Shishpinski, LiquidRC.com, Mike uh, Jeffcoat, and Jim Bashirs. So uh, our Patreon supporters, every single one of them at whatever level they get uh, they get access to the pre-show. So we just finished recording that. And that's 20 to 25 minutes every single week of, I guess, unfiltered reclaimed audio. We talk about, I guess, stuff that doesn't really fit into a specific um, you know, show like this. It's not G-rated. It's kind of R-rated sometimes, although this week's was pretty G. Um, and you get, you get additional content. And that's all the way down to $1. And uh, all the way up to, at, at starting at $10, you get your name on that list that I just read off. And, uh, you know, you're one of those people who, um, you know, truly is valued by this podcast. I mean, everybody is, but this is, this is a level of commitment that really warms the heart. And that's, uh, that's what I have about that. You're looking at me like, <laughs> good job. Good job. That was all right. That yeah, was all right. It was, you know, that was okay. Work. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's get to this, uh, what we're working on portion, because I think we all have some really cool stuff to talk about. Uh, and by that, I mean, you two hurry up because mine is awesome. Bill, what, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bill, what do you what do you got there? What do you what are you working on there in California land? Uh, I am still. I haven't really done a lot uh, working on my table saw sled. So uh, since I got back to California, um, I really haven't done that. So that's that's what uh, my project is for the rest of the week, and have a video out by this coming uh, uh, weekend. I hope. So table I saw got a little sled. worried that I that I missed it because I am dying to see what you do with this table saw sled. No, it's just uh, you, you guys know I was out of out of state for a while and and just been um, catching my breath coming back. We had some things to take care of and catch up with and uh, animals and all that good stuff. Just yeah, and I'm old and tired. And just <laughs> I knew you were gone because I saw the Amber Alert. <laughs> <laughs> very very good. So yeah, no, I'm not working on a doggone thing. Okay, all right. Well, then I guess that was a quick one. Tim, what do you what do you got there in the shop? Well, I'm sorry, I know you're in a rush to talk, but I got a few things. Yeah, to yeah, do. hurry I'm the hell up. Grab this list here. <laughs> <laughs> well, nineteen odd six. Yeah. I started. Yeah. Um, what am I working on? I am working on. I just I just put out the video, Phil, that uh, you requested I make, and uh, it, it was great. Been, it's I been great it. fun. So I, I just finished making it. Um, it's a receptionist desk for a yoga studio in Brooklyn. And uh, it was a, a quick a quick build that had to be done, and it's uh, basically a plywood construction that I. I then surfaced with pallet wood, and I bought a IKEA <coughs> IKEA top for. You okay? It. Are you all right? No, I'm just I'm just choking on my own words. Choking here. on your words, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but so I wasn't going to film it because it wasn't like it was only like 30 percent reclaimed, and I usually like to be much higher. But Phil, you wanted to see it, so I made this. It was fun. I put this little thing in there about how I'm only making this video for Phil Pinsky. And if you don't like it, go to Phil's channel and tell him you don't like it. Don't tell me. I don't want to hear it. And it's been really funny to see people have actually been doing that. Yeah, <laughs> I've been enjoying that. They don't really understand what it is they're supposed to be mad at me about. I have yeah. people who are mad at me about pocket holes. Yeah. People who are mad at me. I don't know about you eating steak. Like they don't. Not yeah, everybody yeah. understands what they're supposed to be mad about. One one person is like Tim told me to come here and yell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. What they're doing I have here, a few to catch up on, but <laughs> the earlier I, it really blew up. It was surprisingly like gained a lot of tri- people telling you to yell, or people you telling people to yell at me has taken you know really taken the internet by storm. Oh, I'm glad I'm glad that all worked out for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's tremendous. Yeah. It's tremendous. You suck, Phil. Sincerely, yeah. Tim. 
it's all in good fun. Yeah, um, I'm having mostly. So yeah. <laughs> the other thing I'm working on is I, I'm gonna do a. I have next week. I have a video. I, I don't know if you remember a, a bunch of months ago. I I made this weird guitar that sort of comes apart and stuff, and I finally get to release the full video on that mm-hmm. next week. And then I got a follow up. I'm working on another guitar after that. I'm really excited about. Uh, so I got some guitars that I'm working on. They're kind of kooky and fun. And then I have this this I had this quick little idea last week of this kind of little shop tool that I I uh, I'm gonna. I put a video out probably in the middle of this week. Um, and it's basically just a magnet to hold screws. And apparently they sell these things in stores, which I didn't really know. Um, but I just made this very quick thing out of some scrap for uh, holding nuts and bolts and screws while you're like on a ladder or whatever that I thought was cool. I love cool. that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I got done with those big projects and I'm kind of like, feel like I'm getting a grip on things again in the shop and doing some, getting back to some fun stuff I'd started and, and, uh, and some other things. So that's, that's what's going on over at, T-S-P-W-H-Q. <laughs> For those of us who uh, didn't just get that alphabet soup. Who is no one. Everybody understood. Okay. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Moving on then. Tim Sway Perspective World Headquarters. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you can't do that for your own stuff. You're right. I'm sorry. It's in your contract. We talked about this. Yeah. All right. My my lawyer. You just write to him. You know. Counsel at Tim. Phil, what are you working on? This so exciting that you can't wait to share with us. I mean, so you know, we we sort of um, are guilty of this, or I am anyway. I won't speak for you guys, but yeah, I'm guilty of this thing where like, uh, and I think we actually made it a topic. Like, if you don't post it on social media, did it happen? And for me, I did a project. Just for me, and the only time it's even been out in the world was tonight, the finished product I put out on Instagram. But I made a chess set, a la, a la Tim Sway and a couple of other inspirations, including um, an art movement called Bauhaus. And uh, I think, Tim, yours was yours was also inspired by Bauhaus, right? You did the yes. simplistic shapes and stuff? Yeah. Yes. So I like that. I reinterpreted some of those pieces myself, but um, I had a blast doing this. It's made from all reclaimed everything. Uh, some extinct species, uh, 150-year-old ship, uh, some pallet wood, which was some oak, and uh, what else did I did? It's got red oak, white oak, chestnut, and walnut. And uh, I I love this thing, and I was sitting there, and my wife's like, you know what? I think you could sell that for like $100. I'm <laughs> like, you are not in charge of selling anything. <laughs> so for those of us that don't know what you're talking about, what is Bauhaus? It was this art movement founded in like 1919 in Germany, and it's based on mm, really like playing with perspective, Minimalism. simplistic geometric yeah. shapes, um, and it was really really cool. Um, it's just it's sort of really in vogue right now. Actually, at work, our catalog is themed on Bauhaus. Every six months, we come out with a new like massive catalog, and it's always art themed, like a specific hmm. thing that's trendy. And right now, Bauhaus is like monstrously huge. I didn't know that. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. I just, you happen to be on trend, Tim. Wow, that's interesting. I was just <clears throat> into that um, from a while back, and I finally got around to it. Yeah, but I, I, I want to see better pictures of your chessboard because I saw you did some things different than my pieces, and I want to see your. But I couldn't really check s- out. I, I put I another picture. picture. Okay. Yeah, on Twitter, it'll it let me put two pictures on. The thing is, is I use Hootsuite for my Instagram. That way, it goes right from my digital camera, like using a web browser, and I can do everything right there rather than having to go through the phone and all that stuff. Oh. Um, but doing it that way means only one picture at a time. But And you can post to multiple platforms at the same time, which, by the way, I don't know, is this an Instagram moment for a second but or a social media moment? When you when you do something like share, let's say you do an Instagram post, right, and you go share to Twitter, mm-hmm. you're just sharing a link yeah. back. Yeah. But if you use Hootsuite, you can just tick off which platforms you want it to post to, and it just shows up as an independent post in each one, including the pictures, and the text, so it's hmm. it's actually pretty pretty great for getting numbers. Instagram actually shares the picture itself to like Facebook. On Twitter, it doesn't, but it does to Facebook. Right. Yeah. So again, like if you ticked off, <laughs> I want this to show up on Instagram. I want this on Twitter and Facebook, and even you could do like Facebook groups and all kinds of things. It all goes out there, and you know your work is done just the once, which is just fun. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, Sounds so amazing, yeah, mm. yeah. So I was, um, I'm super happy about this project because it's one of the first that I've done just for me in a very, very long time. I almost never do that. It's always for a video or for a client or 
you know, for the kids or for my wife or whatever it is. But this one was just for me. Not that I'm some big chess aficionado, but I was really inspired by what Tim did. And, and, uh, and I thought this would be a great use of some of the wood that actually Tim gifted me. This thing is really pretty Timmy. This is pretty <laughs> Tim-centric. So no, so no video then? We're not going to be able to see how it came to nope. be? Nope. Nope. I mean, I, made, I made a video about it. Yeah, just see Tim's, I guess. <laughs> Go see Tim's and tell him why you hate it. Yeah, please. <laughs> please do. Uh, no, that's so, yeah. awesome. I'm not a big chess player either, but I love making boards. You know, it's just cool. something. Yes, it's so it weird. Pretty- you don't like making cutting boards, but you like making chess boards. It is weird because it's the pieces I like making. You oh, know, okay. but and it, like yeah. it's it's something different, right? Even though it's a similar process, no, not too many people making chess boards. Everybody's making cutting cutting boards. You know, and why don't you make a chess board into a cutting board? That's well, what my wife said. Absolutely could. Yeah, you could do that. I said that. She's like, you know, this would be a really good cutting board. I was like, stay away from my chess set. <laughs> um, so I finished this with uh, with uh, boiled linseed oil, and I want to ask you guys: Would you just leave it there, or would you put something else on top? Just like that. I would maybe. Uh, did you put felt on the bottom of your pieces? No. That, that's something that you could do. That's kind of fun to do. Just yeah. Little, you know, I was little, thinking about that. And um, and then, but you, I mean, you might want to wax it maybe. Like, just to protect the wood from the scratching of the pieces? I don't know. Oh, I yeah. could do that. Like, just paste wax? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just, you know, but do you fine. normally, like, have you ever just finished projects just with BLO and left it there? Yeah? Yeah. It just takes well, maintenance. I mean, you're going to you're gonna have to reapply it every so often, just like if you just wax something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if the, you the, add wax to it, you'll still have to redo it, too. The, the chessboard I made for the kids, um, that, yeah, I think I just put linseed oil on that. Hmm. Maybe um, I'll put some shellac on it then, because I really don't want to have to do this again. Shellac over oil? Really? Well, as uh, the oil's dry, you can. From what my best friend Spag says, you can use shellac as a sealer. Sometimes people put shellac on it in, instead of oil, and then they put finishes over that, too. Hmm. I'll have to I'll have to ask him next time we talk. By the way, did you guys oh. listen to uh, Modern Woodworkers Association podcast this past week? No, I didn't Is catch it. Is that a shout-out we're giving now? No, just taking a survey. <laughs> why Why were you on it again? Uh, I wasn't on it, but Spags was on there, and the title of the episode is something like, How Much Does Spags Love Pinsky or something? Is it really? Yeah, and he talked about why we're such good friends. Yeah, I don't believe a single word you're saying. Well, then you should just listen <laughs> to this week's episode. <laughs> oh. Now, we're, just... we're 13 minutes in, boys. Shouldn't we be talking about a topic? We could be. We could be. We play it pretty fast and loose here on Reclaimed Audio. Um, but yeah, we could talk about our topic, absolutely. And I guess it's pretty. that's a pretty good segue because the topic is uh, time no object, but for this podcast, it certainly is an object. So this podcast episode is about what would you do, what would you love to do, how would you do it, all of these things if time was not a factor. You know, like we always say, or people say things like, if money no object, what would you do? Well, we believe, I think the three of us all do, that time is the ultimate currency. Like, literally meaning the last currency. You have nothing else in life to pay with except for time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if time was not a factor, what would you do? And I think we each came up with, like, three questions to go around the room. Not really or questions, I anyway. but ideas or prompts. thoughts on the yeah. topic. Yeah. Well, that's what I did. You have questions? I have questions. Go ahead and ask one. All right. All right. All right. Don't go anywhere. One sec. Let me just pull it up. I put it in my memos. Memos. Memo. Uh, wow. Draft. Hey, it deleted. Okay. So. <laughs> hey, that's a tremendous app. So, um, one of them was, what would you, are there machines that you would buy or sell because you have more time now? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, that, would it change your taken, work? No, I've never. It's never taken me that long to buy or sell a machine. That that's not <laughs> what I mean. I mean, like, what would you do to your workflow or your shop if time were not an issue? Like, you know, would but, you would you rather I, cross cut with a handsaw and get rid yeah. of your table saw because you enjoy cross cutting with a handsaw? Exactly. Or a rib cutting, I mean. Or, or what would you buy to add capability because now you have the time to sit there and master it and get to know it? Mm. Hmm. 
Well, I mean, or I, the things you would my, sell to make room for something different. <laughs> I think it's interesting that the 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 first question out of the gate with with time being no object is is kind of money related. <laughs> You know, well, a, they're pretty interrelated. Well, they they are absolutely, but I just I never thought of it that way. I just figured time was no object, but I didn't picture my physical surroundings changing at all. Like well, I, I mean, like for example, yeah. I mean, it basically means. Uh, let me boil it down. If time was no object, would you switch from power tools to hand tools? No, I mean that's what it that's what it fundamentally no. boils down to. Absolutely not. I I might decide one of the things I put down that I would do if if time uh, was not an object mm-hmm. um, is to make an actual. Maybe a, a, a guild build, you know what I mean? Something that's an actual woodworking project that right. I can't put together on a weekend, something I can spend months really taking my time, maybe using more hand tools or hybrid working than I would normally. Yeah. Um, that's that's something of time or no object. I mean, I've, I've done that a few times in my life, and it ended up being pretty costly because I don't do that very often. So the material, you know, you, you make mistakes and stuff, and it, you're trying to make something beautiful. Uh, an actual woodworking piece, a secretary desk, something of that nature. Um, but having the time to be able to just, just like you said, for your chess set, making it just for myself, not worried about anything else. I would take that time and build a beautiful piece of furniture. I've done it right. a few times. It's very rewarding, but time was always a factor. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe it's taking me forever. You know? Yeah. So maybe let's switch gears on that question then. Never mind the tools. What projects would you take on just for you if time were no object? What would you build just for you? Even if it's a hundred-hour project, now it's not a factor. And I have an answer to that as well. Let's hear it. Do it. Do it. Because Tim <laughs> well, looks like he's and, scratching his head there. Yeah. Well, one of the things, um, obviously, a woodworking project. But another thing I think I would do is because I'm struggling with the whole technology thing in my life. I would build the CNC, possibly mm. uh, uh, a home-built type, maybe a Dave Gatton. If it, nobody, you know, Google it, Dave Gatton. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shows you he you can. Build it out of plywood, basically. Most of the thing is built out of plywood. I think for me, actually doing it that way, it would really help me uh, integrate the technology part of it because I'm I'm building it with my hands, basically. So then it's a matter of learning, obviously, the software. But I would be able to see the software as more of a tool that I, you know, I can I can grapple that concept better if I'm actually building the thing that the software is going to make work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, especially for minds like I would say yours, but even minds like ours, I would say, you know, if um, it, it, it's like someone drops this robot into your into your life and goes, OK, go play with the robot versus like, hey, I just built that darn robot. That's my robot. You know, mm, there's right. that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It, there's an ownership. There's a pride to it that, that I yeah. think would help me definitely grapple with the concept. Like I said, using technology, thinking of it as a tool. Uh, is a lot easier for me. It's like, okay, this is no different than a hammer. It's just I gotta, I still have to make it do what I want to accomplish this thing, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to use this tool. So, you're tr- you're right. Getting that intimately involved in the mechanics of it because you're physically building it will right. certainly allow you to sort of project how to make the stuff it's going to make later on. Because you're going to think about like, you know, how many turns per thread, and you know, and then the axes, the x and the y and the z. It all goes into it. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I've worked I've worked on very very large and expensive CNC lathes and mills uh, in my lifetime, but I've never ran one. I've never Operate. made something yeah. with that. I mean, I mm-hmm. have ma- on manual lathes and mills, uh, but an actual computer operated. I was like, no, nope, I just put in a new ball drive for it. You go ahead, have, <laughs> you know, have fun. So. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, not so th- that would make me think of um. When when would this time happen in your life? Like for me, I'm looking at time would be a luxury for me now because I have a full-time job. Just like, you know, I mean, all three of us do, but Tim's yours involves actually making things. Uh, Phil, you're part-time making things on top of a full-time job. So for me, it would take me 10 times as long to build a CNC now going to work for 50 hours a week on top of that. Whereas in a few years when I can retire, hopefully, quote unquote, um, I would have more time. So would that time become less precious than it is now? Well, now you're getting deep on us. I just thought <laughs> we were going to do a fun little podcast about, you know, like if, well, if we the, were if, already if, there. I'm not going to see that free time for 40 years. Oh, that's right. I forgot you're 12. Never mind. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> 
But yeah, yeah I, was but- just, I was just thinking that when you say, you know, time is a luxury for me right now. Uh, I came back out of state and I haven't done nothing for, uh, uh, you know, the last six days. I thought, I thought when I was out of town, I was like, man, I can't wait to get home so I can get back in the shop because I was, I was excited about making the sled. But since yeah. I've been back, it's like I haven't really had the time, you know, and it's so time right. is a, it's a luxury. How can you ever have time if you don't make the time? Well, what I made time for was sitting down on the chair. Well, there you I go. made that time. So I had exactly. time. I didn't have any shop time. I couldn't exactly. find it. I looked for the shop time. I lifted up the cushion on my chair. The shop time wasn't underneath that. <laughs> Under the couch? Nothing. I, I, Nothing I looked there. in bed for like eight hours. It wasn't there. <laughs> well, for me about six, but yeah. I'm actually curious to hear Tim's answer on this because you've made a lot of stuff for a lot of different people. What's something for you that you'd like? Well, I, I mean, the reason I had that puzzled look is because, you know, there's... I have, also have you ever made ideas. anything for yourself? Actually, oh, abs- absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. That's absolutely. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that too, but then I thought it'd be corny. Yeah. Go ahead. It, it was. <laughs> it was definitely corny. <laughs> um, I I got interested in making things, um, you know, back twenty years ago, or whatever, because I wanted to make my own guitar, and so now I have made a bunch of instruments for myself. That's primarily what I've made for myself is instruments, um, and and the, you know, I'm making them. It's always on this quest, but uh, ideally, the uh, the ultimate. Uh, dream for me would be to make my own double bass, um, and I have some ideas for that uh, that I'm I'm slowly working towards. Um, like the because I'm not a traditionalist, as I'm sure you guys know. I'm not. It's not like I'm like I want to go and and recreate the way a bass was made in the 17th century, you know, with so, or, or anything like that. Yeah. I want to do my take on it, you know. Um, just I, I'm really not trying to interrupt. What mm-hmm. is a double bass? What do you mean by that? Because... A stand-up bass, like uh, Stray Cats. Okay, so Big like bass. a, a boom, bass boom, violin. boom, that, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, or the doghouse, you could call it. Because I, I think double bass, and I've been trying to, I, honestly, all this time, I thought like a two-necked bass. Oh, that's a double neck. Yeah, that'd yeah, be like a double neck guitar. But yeah, the double bass is a stand-up bass. I, that's just my preferred term. Is, is uh, that like bass. a, uh, it, it looks like a figure eight almost, right? The big yeah, yeah. hourglass. A giant shape. violin. Yeah, it's a giant violin that's standing on his, on his butt, you know. And uh, so I have I have my uh, my aluminum one that I love that was made in the 30s and uh, I've always wanted to recreate that in metal. Um, I have some other ideas for things. That I one of the very first things I ever built was a standard a stick upright bass. It was like an electric upright bass that didn't have a body. It was on like a drum stand. Um, that was I built a long time ago and since cut it up and made other stuff out of it. But uh, yeah, so that that's that's always what what I end up going back to is is musical instruments and uh, and, and stuff like that. So. I guess there's no mystery. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, it's just, it, yeah, it's always been that. about that. It's always been about that is, for me. Is there an instrument that you've not made for yourself yet that you would like to tackle? Uh, the double, Well, a real double bass, you know, although I have restored mine. Um, uh, I, I want to get better at, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm interested primarily in traditional guitars and basses, really basses, electric basses. That was my main instrument. And I want to get better at that. Um, I got that opportunity to make that kind of funky marimba, um, and mm-hmm. I, that I was really enamored with that. I would love to make some percussion instruments like that, but mostly, again, my ideas are not. And you'll see this this build I'm working on. That'll be hopefully in February. I'll be releasing the, the video for it. Um, I I like to be silly and to kind of push buttons and experiment with things. And sometimes I get lucky and they work out really well, like the water ski base. And other times, not so much. You know, but uh, I don't necessarily want to just like, oh, I want to build a beautiful organ. Like, I want to build an organ that does something that's made out of something else that it's not supposed to be. That's always what I'm interested in. It's like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I turned that into a guitar? Or wouldn't it be cool mm-hmm. if I turned a guitar into that? Like, to, to sort of mess with it, you know? And that would be my thing, and that is very time-consuming. Like, these guitar projects are... I'm just not fast enough at it yet or good enough at it yet. Um, you know, they're time-consuming. Making guitars, you know, Bill. <laughs> I mean, it's even well, like even the, the Cigar Box guitars, like, they're, they're yeah. just suck up time, you know? I, I gotta say, I... um. I was quite proud of what I've done so far. I, I still think I'm such a novice at this whole cigar box guitar building thing. But in Galena, there was an art gallery that's selling them. Um, somebody's built and walking by the window, I'm like, oh my God, those are beautiful. They were shiny. There, I mean, must have been five coats of something on it, right? But when I actually went in there and picked it up, they're crap. Yep. Mine are so much better finished. I mean, it's like, seriously, the quality difference. And they're asking like 200 bucks for these things. But I can tell that I could have built what they were selling in this art gallery uh, 
in a day, literally in a day. The, the finish was so raw on that with a lot of clear coat over the top of it, as opposed to, I know how long it takes me to, to build one. Now I'm getting a little more sophisticated on the neck, uh, some of the components, everything like that. So it takes... That time is uh, amazing, and I'm, I'm going to be doing some more, so that luxury of time will be consuming me again of making more cigar box guitars. I have a thousand new ideas that I want to make, but yeah, anyway, sorry. Well, you know, that that, that brings me into, uh, it's not a question like Phil had, unfortunately, but it's something that's a talking point. Finishes, that would be like if, if time were not an object, this is, hmm. this is what the... I this is what I want to project out to the world. <laughs> this is my projection: is that time were no object, I would master finishes on everything, and I would take the time to go through the coats and the sand and this and that, and wait for it to dry before I put the next coat on, and and I would I would make every finish on everything I make beautiful. That's what I want to project. But the reality of it is, I probably don't have the patience for that, and I would just start a bunch of other junk instead, <laughs> and and continue down this this road I go down because it's like when I have time, it's like. It's like, oh, I know, I can go, well, that's drying, I'll go start this, and then I start that, and I was like, oh, let me just finish this up so I can go work on that, and I'll just add that second coat, and, you know, so that, I don't know if time being any object would really, time being no object would really make us become the better us that we want to be, or it would actually make us just do more of what we already do, like, like, expound upon our flaws, does that make sense? I think if you have the space, I think absolutely is finishing would be something you would automatically do, because you can, right now, I know... When I finishes for me are pretty quick. I'm like you, um, but because it's like it's I'm trying to make it for a video or for somebody who wants one, is it you know something like that. But if you have the space to set it aside, put that first coat on, let it dry. You can have the you have the time to go work on it. It's nobody's looking for it. Nobody's trying to buy it from you. You don't have a deadline on it. Then you can come back. You can again, time's not an object, so you can actually sand that first coat nice and smooth, and you know, because the first coat you're supposed to almost get rid of, yeah. You know, on a real finish, you're literally you're you're supposed to kind of take that's it's like a filler coat. It's that yeah. you know, sealer. Put on that second coat. Go back, do something else. You can you can you can build a bunch of monolith coffee tables. Come back, and here's that base that you yeah. that double base that you're working on. You're going to take that time to do an amazing finish on that. Put that eight nine coats sand it down perfectly beautiful every time because if you do get a hair on it or a fly does land on it you have the time to actually repair that do it right it's not that hard to fix it's just irritating because it takes time yeah yeah you know? but but do you think do you think i would inherently have the patience now that i have the time yes you think so if you had if you were building something for yourself i believe anybody would if you're building something for yourself and you have all the time in the world you're not in a hurry to get it you don't get too excited because you know you, I want to play this double bass tomorrow. You have double basses you can play. You're building this. But, you know, the time to do if it, right? I'm building something for myself, I am much more inclined to take a shortcut because I want to finish it than I am for someone who's paying. Like, if someone's paying is when I'm going to be more diligent, be like, oh, I can't let that fly. This has to be. But for me, it's like, yeah, I'm it's for me. I'm, assu- <laughs> I'm assuming that this, this luxury of time includes that you're, it's not going to take away from the what else you have to do. Yeah. You still got to make those coffee tables, like I said. Yeah. So this again is a luxury. It's sitting over here. You don't have any so constraints now can, around. Now that. I can make it right. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, well, it's a thought. It's a thought process. It also for me, I'm not constrained. But in this thought experiment, I'm not constrained by the fact that I have to work on the one project at a time. So I've got all the time in the world. I could be working on three, four, five, six, seven projects at the same time, and I love the idea of mastering finish, like. You know, I, I my go-to has always been spray lacquer, right? Mm-hmm. Spray lacquer, spray lacquer. It's super easy. It's super quick. You know, it's no muss, no fuss, whatever. But then I got into, like, boiled and seed oil and shellac. And, you know, I want to try different things and different finishing methods only because, you know, if it's not new, it's not fun. Like, and, mm. and I want to try more advanced things. That's that's actually – that's a really good point. Like, well, now – if you know, because that's something we we share, and I think most makers share is that journey of learning. And now, with mm-hmm. time not being an object, you have time to learn. I want, I want to make sure that we uh, clarify that I don't know if there's enough time left in our lives to master finishing. Uh, there's, I think, what you would get at is you you can perfect a specific finish, but as soon as you learn how to create your own shellac, now there's another variant of creating your own shellac. So you've right. got to you got to perfect that, and then once you figure that out, you can play with oils. And there are many. There's a whole lot out there besides BLO. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Once yeah. you get that, I mean, seriously, there's so there's finishing that is a world amongst itself. You can spend the rest of we could do 
10 more shows on just talking about you know, start Googling different finishes. Right. That's how many they are. Or even, even just with, talk about each one. And even without Googling it, we could probably do 10 shows with just what we already know. And we know nothing. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, there's exactly. so much out there. Yeah. Let me ask you a practical question. There is a Minwax product called Antique Oil. What is that? Don't know. Uh, I've used it. I think that it's wipe on poly, but they call it something else for marketing speak. I have no idea. But I could be wrong. You have to read the ingredients. That's, that's... Yeah, I mean, that sounds exactly antique oil. I have a product that is called, um, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it's uh, Midwax Antique Sorry. Oil is an oil based protective finish that gives wood a soft hand rub luster. RE. It's durable, easily maintained, and highly resistant. It doesn't say what's in it, though. <laughs> it's oil exactly. blend. Oil-based. It's a blend of something. Yeah, so it's oil based. So it's, so it's, a, it's a poly blend. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and the cure time stands. They're comparing seems it to right. they're comparing it to Watco, um, Danish oil. Uh, no, Watco. Maybe well, here's someone's comparing well, it to, antique, to Watco's Michael got. They're not. It's not a real Danish oil. It's not a real this oil. It's or that oil. It's. Yeah. I've got those two right here. Yeah. It's Danish oil. There's well, anyway. I was thinking of a glaze. Is another type of finish that I use. That it's just a fancy name for an oil base wipe on. Stain. Yeah. 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 So it's a wipe-on stain, basically. Mm-hmm. You wipe it on, you wipe it off, and then it leaves all the nooks and crannies filled with this antique look. Yeah. Right. I like you that. Know? Yeah. But that, those are all the things that I want to continue playing with. I find it fun, interesting. I like I like what each one of those things does to the wood, you know, and what kind of look I'm going for. Sometimes well, I am looking for that orange that the shellac gives off. Sometimes I want to make the grain pop like BLO does. Sometimes I just want to be done with this stupid thing already, and that's what spray-on lacquer is. Well, chalk paint is a is another type of finish. It's an actual product that I yeah. don't care for at all, but yeah, I like so. the look. And I do that myself with just regular paint by sanding it all down. You know, put on a layer of paint, sand it down. Yeah. Put a different color on top of it, sand some of that down. You can use a, a dull satin finish to get that chalky look. There's You can make your own chalk paints. There's milk paint. There, you know what I mean? There's... Finishing yeah. goes from clear coats all the way to different stains, paints, glues. Oh yeah, you know. distressing is another thing that would take like a like years to master right. properly. Like when I've been to Chinese factories, right, where we do home decor products, and you look at this item and you're like, oh my god, this thing's been like this looks like driftwood, right? They made it in 20 minutes with the right brush strokes, the right colors yeah. underneath, the right colors on top, wiping away some, dropping it, you know, like. There, it's a whole technique to making something look distressed. I've, it's not just banging things with chains. Yeah, I've done some of that, uh, the, the multi-layered paint stuff. It's kind of fun. It's yeah. kind of interesting. I've, yeah. I've, you know, with mixed successes, I mean, it's everything's been happy. The customers have been happy with it all. But for me, I've been like, uh, you know. Like, the, I did one piece that was, um, there was a, I made a dining table, and it had this mm-hmm. sort of cool green-colored base. It was like a steel, like, tool base or something that was under it. And I made this uh, cabinet to go with it. And she wanted it to kind of tie in that green because she really liked it. So I did the antiquing thing. It was white. And I made it almost look like it was like a copper like uh, tarnish, like that greenish color. And I did that oh, all, yeah, over the, the all over the white and stuff. And uh, I learned a lot on that. It didn't come out as good as I had hoped, but it worked. And I learned a lot on that. And I felt like, you know, just by doing that, like wiping it on, wiping it off, and trying to think about like where would it wear over the years. And, exactly. You know. That's the critical part of it. It's not only the technique and, and how to get that right, but also the mental exercise of where does it make sense for this thing to be worn. Yeah, because con- maybe Kate. conceptually you're looking at it like, oh, well, this is this big white field here. There should be some wear in it. But actually in practical life, no one would ever touch yeah, that you'd part. never hold so that. So it would never wear. You're right. Yeah. Right. There, there's a look to it, too. I mean, Casey's Salon is basically that's what I did. Uh, and that happened by accident. Uh, the color scheme, there is a, it's a mint green is their, their salon's colors. Well, the contractor got this one couple five gallon or a couple gallons of paint mix that turned out to be like a turquoisey blue. And just by an accident, I had, and I was trying to use this on something just by accident. I painted something with that, put that glaze, that antique over the top of it and it turned it into their green color. It was like, okay. And then I, so I started using that the same type of antique or, or beach wood, whatever you call it, driftwood, where I put white down, mm-hmm. distress that, sand it back off, put some of that blue down, distress it, put some glaze over that, wipe it back off. And that's, I, I think I made their, uh, I did a video of uh, uh, their hair color 
product display board was. Oh that. Yeah, 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 right. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's so the cool. same thing. I mean, again, fin- finishing is it's it's it could be its own world. Yeah. It, it is its own world. Absolutely. You could you could do you could learn a hundred finishes and you still haven't touched the surface. So. Okay, I love this topic. I want to hear, Bill. Do you have a do you have a, a talking point? What I do. do? Um, yeah. So, what is something you would learn if you had all okay. the time mm. in regards to making? For me, uh, I'll just say it real quick. For me, it would be um, a friend of ours or a friend of mine, uh, Emily, uh, on social <laughs> media, and it's it's really not a shout out. She just recently posted on social media. It's what she does. She's a social media person, and she manages YouTube channels and things like that. But she did this bullet points of some things you can do about the whole new YouTube thing that everybody's freaked out about. So how to how to learn how to use um, hashtags and how to uh, put the end game on your videos or how, you know how to do all these different things. And that's something I don't know about. If I had the time, I would really look into how can I increase my using social media. What can you do on your Instagram to make you know, people are writing stories, the little movies that you do on Instagram and Facebook now. Um, so learning how to use technology and social media would be my thing. What That's a skill I would learn more and try and perfect if I had the time. Phil? Uh, joinery. I would spend a lot more time. Like, I'd want to spend time with dovetails. I'd want to spend time with, you know, just more advanced joinery methods. I really want to get deeper into, or I'd want to get deeper into woodworking like dovetails are the ultimate joinery i think if you have spare time that is a luxury beautiful art learning how to do Mm -hmm. dovetails like the whole there's a whole like even within dovetails there's a a whole bunch because you could do like the double dovetail which is like an inlay yeah yeah, i mean and you can have like um what's the one that i've seen mr chickadee do a lot it's um he does wedge dovetails yeah so that's really cool because you put the wedge in there and basically makes it a perfect dovetail anyway. And then it's got a cool look if you do contrasting wood. Anyway, so there's like a ton some, that I'd want to Some get of the in Japanese there. joinery where there's no glue and they, they cut these odd shapes and everything yeah. fits together. Oh, yeah. so crazy. The timber frame build. Yeah, they can erect a building with these things. Yeah, it's yeah. like they show them these 50-foot long poles. And it's like, well, if you just cut a notch in like this and do this and shove a little thing right here. And you can, here, build an apartment complex on top of it. Wow. They have these temples that have been there for, like, thousands of years that are all wood. Yeah. No glue. No no screws. Nothing, Nothing, yeah. There's a a church in Russia, and I forget the name of it. It was built in, like, the 1600s or something, and there was no nails. You know, it was like, and there's, so there's, like, a lead carpenter. Everything was done with an axe. Like, it was all axes and hand-hewn stuff, and... And uh, so the legend is that I guess when they finished building this church, and it's still there, is um, that the head carpenter, as soon as he was done, it was a church, right? And so he was religious, and he and he took the axe and he kissed it and he threw it in the river. He's like, you know, it was it was blessed by God to make this church, you know, and now it's now its job is wow. done. Uh, and then there's like all that skill, like that. I mean, you know, you were sort of started it with like, well, would you get rid of your power tools to learn this stuff? No, I would not get rid of my power tools. I love my power tools, but to develop that skill, oh. You know, I would love to. Yeah. I'll tell you, I, I've I've built some amazing things with an axe. I the joinery, I just it was all firewood, but still, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not that hard. Yeah. So, what's the opposite of joinery? That's what you were doing. <laughs> just, just joinery. <laughs> I was yeah. I was disjointing Disjoint. the wood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What about you, Tim? Uh, I mean, God, everything. You know, that's I. I'm uh, cop out answer. Give I know. Us a real thing. I know. I'm trying to think. Of, what, what's a specific skill you would like to learn? I, this sounds it's way off topic for a reclaimed audio, but I've always wanted to learn how to paint. I mean, like 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 oh, oil paint, like an artist, yeah. like an artist yeah. paint. Yeah, I uh, I lack in in uh, ability to draw and paint, and I would love to be better at both of those. That's that's actually there's a there's another thing that you can do a million different ways. Oil paints, you can do it. Um, Watching Bob Ross, of course, you know, he yeah. uses – I didn't realize that you can use spatulas to paint with. Yeah, putty knives, you know? all kinds yeah, of things. Yeah, putty knives, spatulas, uh, watercolor. I saw uh, at, at a couple of different art galleries recently some watercolor paints that were – I did. I had no idea. I'm just thinking of – remember the little dry disc you would get in school and you could yeah, yes. a drop a water on it and you paint with that? <laughs> it's almost the same thing and they're making these in-depth – like you have to look at it like it's flat. There's no texture yeah. to it, but it looks so – the depth is so – yeah, mind blowing. So yeah. that's cool. We do these art nights at work because we have we have like an art studio. We have full time artists working for us, creating art all day every day, and uh, and every few months we do one of these art nights where all the employees like we set up like forty or fifty easels, and all the employees like 
not the artists. The artists are walking around helping people. Everyone's painting their own thing and they're teaching you techniques and they're, you know, they're giving you a little direction here and there. Mostly it's, you know, you have a couple of beers and you have some fun with, with other employees. But um, I got to learn some cool stuff. Like they walked around with a spritz bottle, right? So you'd, you'd paint, you'd wipe, you'd spray, you'd wipe. And it creates this weathered, textured, you know, um, I don't know, like uh, dimensionality to the piece, which I was like, wow, this is cool. And, uh, yeah, mine still looked horrible, but, you know, you, you, you think of these things as always just, you know, here's your palette, here's your paint, here's your paintbrush. But, like, there's so many materials that you bring in to these paintings that you would never even think about, like paper towels and, you know, like a, a water spray bottle. And I don't know. Obviously, those just – and we have an artist that uses sand, so she sits on the floor and she uses gel medium. And then she puts sand on it, and because she's sitting on the floor – Nothing runs, right? And then you wait until it cures, and then you could lift it up. So it's her shtick now where we sort of advertise her as the crazy artist who sits on the floor, but she's sitting like that because she doesn't want the sand to fall off while she's working. Right. So it's uh, – it's, there's, there's a ton to learn when it comes to art. Mm-hmm. So what, what about – is there uh, – I actually just had a question. I just wanted to say uh, one of the things I would like to do if I had the time, but it's something that would also involve money. So if money were also not – uh, an obstacle or an object to go with that time. And I had the property to do it. Unlike Jimmy's shop, not some, not the church of the Godfather, but I would build my own shop from ha- have somebody come out, pour yeah. me a foundation <laughs> oh, and I, I would actually yeah. build it. I would, I would frame it. Cause I, I know I could do that. Uh, I, you know, I'd make it like a 12 foot ceiling, you know, just cause like now I can barely stand up a piece of plywood. So 12 foot high inside, uh, enough room to have like a separate area for welding and, and maybe a paint booth. I could frame it. I could do the siding. I could do the roof. I could do the electrical. I could do the plumbing. It would have a toilet in there. So I, I would build my own shop if I had the oh, time. I love that. Yeah. I, I think that would be really cool. I, I'd want up that. I'd build my own home. Like I've always wanted to, to just. No, I don't want to do that. I want to yeah, buy a home. I, I want to buy a home that somebody else has already done. Yeah. But a shop. Wanna, <laughs> I do my that's own up shop. to code. You know, yeah. I, I want to go to like See, the yeah. shop, and it doesn't have to be up to code. Yeah. As long as it's, it's, as long as I have some free, you know, oh, we you can get our buddies that are it's electricians really no and plumbers <laughs> come over and make sure nothing's yeah. going to blow up. No, I, I've, I've but always, would, yeah. I've always wanted to build my, and like, so now tiny houses makes it somewhat like achievable. Like, oh, it could be a tiny house, but I built a shed on my property. It's a container. I loved it. Yeah, I always, I always wanted to build my my own alternative like means of living and it's changed over the years from like, I used to think about cinder blocks. I used to think about digging into a, into a hill, uh, like subter- subterranean. Yeah. Like an earth ship. No, 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 a hobbit hole. That's what it sounds like. Uh, yeah. Making. More like yes. a hobbit hole. Uh, you know, and then I've thought about, um, you know, obviously shipping containers and, and Quonset huts. Uh, Quonset hut is what I always go back to is just buying one of those Quonset hut kits and pouring a foundation. And I saw and one in Illinois or in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. my first time, I actually saw an actual Quonset hut. They're awesome. I love those things. Um, yeah. yeah, I've always I've always wanted to build my own structure, and I, I did. I was fortunate enough to build a shed on the property. It was like about a ten by twelve, and uh, and it's still there. I built it like five years ago. So <laughs> hmm. that's a good sign. I think that whole roundabout thing was just for you to be able to say the word Quonset hut. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about Quonset huts again because it's been about ten, twelve yeah. episodes since I brought it up. Exactly. It's time yeah. to circle back to what's important. Yeah. Oh, and then the other one, the other Gomer, one's on my list. Gomer Pyle USMC, Quonset Huts. Quonset Huts. The, the other one that's on my list is Amphibious Vehicles. I have a a weird sort of infatuation oh, yeah. with Amphibious Vehicles. I would love to make one of those. Yeah. Like, just like make it? Well, I'll start with a car or a boat. Make it do both. You know, get a boat and a yeah. car. That'd be easier to, fair is probably easier to start with the boat. I would assume so. I always thought about it starting with a car, but because you'd probably, I'd probably use it on the ground more, but. I, I don't know about that, Phil. I, I don't yeah, think there is an easier because if you start with a boat, the only way to make it a car is you have to put a hole in it. Mm, yeah, probably at least one just for the drive. Yeah, very I was thinking you could just drop it. Yeah. Well, you know, like SpongeBob. Guess, but then you know, there's the... so much work to make it the car watertight. Yeah, yeah. There's so much work to make it. No, boat and again, same thing. Create the I balance. Mean, you're going to either have to make a boat not watertight to make it a car, or you have to make a car watertight to be a boat. Yeah, That's I why feel like never starting with on. a boat means that you know where you cut, so you know where you have to make it watertight. Whereas if you start with a car, you have no you idea get, where all the holes are. If you get a big enough boat, right, with pontoons on it, you can just set that on top of a... That's what I was thinking. No frame, no body car frame, but yeah. you can only drive it once. Because once you drive it into the water, now the motor's ruined. And Yeah. 
That's true. Well, motors can get wet as long as they're designed that way. I mean, that's boats have motors in them; they get wet. Uh, the motors don't get wet. Well, no, but motors got, to that's a why degree, you have a bilge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To a degree, motors can get kind of wet, but not they, they can't, can't be submerged. Well, yeah, they can't get water into yeah. their intake. You know, and they can't. The electricals can't be shorting in the lake. Nuclear. You know? Nuclear sun. Yeah. <laughs> a, a nuclear amphibious vehicle. That's perfect. All right. Uh, to... You should go, by the way, with solar cell. That's what you should do if you're doing amphibious. Solar cell. Yeah. That's not bad. It's an EV that charges with solar. Yeah. And now, I mean, would Or not... a teeny tiny diesel. And, you know, and, and why, why does that have to be a, you know, why does that have to be a gas powered car? Why can't it just be an electric car? Well, That's if it's saying. solar, so is it possible you two, I'm, I'm it's going to sound like I'm messing with you, but is it possible if you, let's say you were to make a solar powered boat or amphibious vehicle, is it possible? And this is something, again, my education doesn't allow me to know the real answer to this. So maybe it's not possible. Maybe it is. Is it possible to point your car at the sun? So it's always getting light on the solar panel and circumnavigate the world, always chasing the sun. So you always have the sun on your solar panel. Well, you wouldn't be able to go that fast, right? So it's the, the world speed, thing, huh? speed and then there's, there's oceans. Well, if it's amphibious, though, you could go, in theory. You could circle. That's no. what I'm saying. The you circumference know, you're... of the world is 40,000 kilometers. Yep, 26,000 uh, miles. And it does that in 24 hours. Okay, right? yeah. Never, okay, so there you go. So that it's, it's about 1,000 miles an no. hour. Yeah, it's about 1,000 miles an hour. You... No, it's, it's uh, more than 2,000 miles an no, hour. No, that was kilometers. No, no, so I said kilometers. I don't know. It's about 26,000 miles round, so... You know, like 1,100 oh, okay. miles an hour. Okay, Google. <laughs> what is 40,000 kilometers in miles? Or what is the circumference of the Earth? <laughs> yeah, that might be Ultimately more Ultimately the same thing. Might be more accurate. I don't know. Divided by 1.6. Let me just check with my calculator. 40,000. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go here. I, I, <laughs> no, it's okay. This... So 25,000. Really? It, no, yeah, right. it's a thousand. It's a thousand. You'd have to go a thousand miles an yes, hour, okay. which I guess is like Mach 3 or something. So we need to make an amphibious jet, fighter jet. <laughs> yeah, we don't a solar have that powered amphibious, amphibious fighter, fighter, jet. fighter jet. They can go a thousand miles no an joke, hour. No joke, though. You don't need to do that. There are, there are um, solar planes, right, that are that are either unmanned or manned. The wingspan is so large that it's all solar cells, and the thing can stay up for like 26 hours by itself just because... Well, that's the thing. is, it, it, yeah. You have to get enough of a charge to last until the sun comes back. And that, that's the big the big thing with the so I mean, we, we know that like every square yeah. inch of the Earth has enough energy to power like the world for a day from sunlight, but we just don't know how to get it. You know, that's the... That's but there's the also the angle of the sun, right? Because when the sun first rises, it's not... It's, it's not, not like not getting as much energy as on the on the wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's all kinds of stuff for that. I imagine you, so you're really only charging fully for like four hours, right? But and I also imagine that you could take your panels and you could have them tilt, like it'd be motorized. You could tilt them into the sun. Follow, well, that's what they do. Not they if follow it's a plane. The sun. Yeah. yeah, they could. No. Why? No, but this these are the wings, right? So the oh, top right. of the wings. Oh yeah, are yeah, yeah. No, I'll talk about you my could boat have, car. In theory, you could have oh, your those. boat car. Yeah. <laughs> It, by the way, your boat car, you don't want it to be solar cell. You kind of want it to be wind-driven. There are these things that – this is, by the way, way, way off topic. But I think we're done with the topic. Oh, yeah, we're no, this we're, far derailed. We're, I think we're, we oh, yeah, we're gone. Okay. We're gone. Yeah. We're gone. This is, what now. would you do with a podcast if you had unlimited time? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this conversation. <laughs> there was – I remember watching this, this documentary back in the 90s where they had – think of airplane wings, except instead of horizontal, they were vertical. Mm-hmm. And they were mounted onto a boat. And this thing was computer controlled and would yeah, always find. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It was awesome. And, and like it was this also thing, huge. He was huge. Yeah, yeah. It was like a big catamaran. It, it was multi hull. Yeah. But so uh, what are what are solar sails then? Because I've seen in theory they're saying one way to travel through space is to have these solar sails. Sails, that yeah. That's different. It, so what is pushing that? Is it actually that's light actually being solid and can move things, right? So it's, it's the catching, solar winds. Those are those are ions, basically. It's another kind of particle. That, yeah. Wow. Isn't that what isn't that what rips stuff apart in space, though? No, that's micro asteroid, like little rocks. That's dark but, matter. That is just not <laughs> for this topic. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're we're, yeah. we're, we're not talking dark matter. Schrodinger's podcast. It's either yeah. good or it's not. You don't know until you listen. <laughs> in this case, it's not. <laughs> 
so, so in keeping with our uh, time limit that we've set yeah. for our unlimited time. Uh, yeah, 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 I think we're done yeah, here. So, let's let's do the old rappy rap. Yeah, well, let's do the wrap up on the just the topic though, real quick. Is that so? Basically, what we come down to oh, is yeah. that we would we would get better at everything and learn everything. Is that it? Yeah. Did I miss anything? Yeah. And we wouldn't and, sell nothing. And, we wouldn't sell nothing. Yeah, we wouldn't place, sell anything. <laughs> and build a place to do all of those yeah, things. Yeah, we, we'd build a temple right. to become the best at everything and never have to worry about money again. So it all goes back to money. Yeah. <laughs> Just be making it. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, time and money are interchangeable, right? If you've got mm-hmm. all kinds of, of money, you can basically buy the things that time would get you. Yeah. You know I, well, I mean? that's the thing. Is I, I know people money say that money, money can't buy happiness, health, and... Whatever, yes, it can. It, it really can. I mean, unless you have a terminal illness, money can buy everything because it gives you really good health care. It gives you the ability not to have to work, so you have the time to do the stuff you love, and it can buy you happiness and love because it, you can provide for your family without worrying about it. You know what I mean? So that's just my theory. Listen, the the old expression I've always heard is money doesn't buy you happiness, but I'd much rather be miserable with a you know yeah. you could be you could be miserable and poor, but you, you know I'd rather be miserable and rich. <laughs> well, yeah, if I'm going to be miserable anyway. Exactly. I, I'm you saying, might as well be eating T-bones. I'm saying money, when you when you have the lack of something, and you can appreciate, learning to appreciate something. So give me all your money, and I will appreciate the hell out of it. I think, And I think that is the true meaning of Christmas. Yes. You know, and like, time. And time. And my and, heart just got bigger. And reclaimed. Uh, <laughs> I don't right. think that was your heart. Okay, so... I <laughs> could go a lot of ways. Let's, <laughs> let's do the old, yeah. So yeah. what are we watching? Tim, what are you watching? Um, well, I, wa- I wanted to mention Keith Decent, whom I know I've mentioned before, but he just made this really cool out-of-the-box project this week, um, out-of-the-box, out in-the-box. And it almost goes along with Bill's uh, toolbox challenge because it turned out that the box was a toolbox. But it was just this great design. He had this old uh, box, and he put it on a very kind of mid-century modern angled like shape base. Mm, but cool. instead of attaching it, like instead of making it so it holds the box, he attached it to the lid of the box so you can open the box inside the frame, like the A frame that it's in, and it almost like a drawer, like that opens downward. I just thought it was a very clever and it's like a secret compartment. Yeah, yeah. It's like it looks like but it's, it's not, but it's not. No, it's 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 like a drawer no. that doesn't pull out. It just drops it's, down. It's an obvious secret. Yeah, with the yeah. big latch. It actually you know. opens the way the overhead luggage bin opens exactly. in an airplane. Exactly, which upside down. Yeah, yeah, which is my favorite way to open things. Well, but anyways, it looked cool. <laughs> it looked cool as heck. So, oh yeah, yeah. so that was oh, yeah. That the was... Godfather built one one of my the first videos I remember watching. Jimmy built this round display case that opened like that. Oh yeah, um, uh, uh, it was it, he he did the whole um, cutting thin, taking plywood and making many passes uh, almost all the way through so it would be bendable. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but the yeah. bottom of it is where how you opened it to put things inside of it. So it was like a glass display coffee table. And, oh, but it dropped man. down like Keith's uh, box mm. table that he made on the A-frame mid-century modern thing. So, yeah, it was very cool. I watched that. I enjoyed it quite a lot. We love Keith. Yeah. So that's my pick. I mean, I like him as a friend. No, I love him. I actually I, I have love and fondness for him. Okay. And I think I might have fondled him as well. That that would replay, that would explain the emails to counsel at timsway.net. <laughs> Bill, what are you watching? Uh, somebody who I know I've, I've said many times, uh, he, he's a, a supporter of ours and I love supporting him. Scott Turner. Yeah. Scott, um, he has, he's a, still a small growing quickly channel at, at 25,000. It just seems to me he should have hundreds of thousands of, of subscribers. The guy is amazing. I love everything that Scott does. He's so far. He's just one of those guys that he made, uh, his recent video, he made, a metal bender, like, you know, a benchtop metal bender. And I've made those before. They're not overly difficult. He actually over-engineered the heck out of his and screwed it up by putting all these tack welds on it, trying to make it stronger. And he had actually bent it. So, and he showed that. He's like, you know, yeah, I over-engineered this thing, blah, blah, blah. But he ended up making the final version. It was amazing. And no matter what Scott makes, he's brilliant. And you realize that he's so far beyond more skilled than I think I will ever be. But I feel like just by watching his videos, I can do it. He inspires in that way. And uh, I, I, my comment on his video, I quoted Mark Twain. And it was, uh, um, keep away from people who try to belittle your ambitions. Small people always do that. But the really great make you feel that you too can become great. 
And that's what Scott's videos do. It's like, holy crap, I can't believe how amazing that was. But again, by just watching these videos, like, I'm going to try that. He inspires you to want to get out there and try to do what he does. So Scott Turner, we love you. Thank you for all the support as always. He's from uh, Mississippi or Australia, what, whatever. Or those two. And, um, yeah. So if you, if you don't know who Scott Turner is, you really are missing out. He's... He's so far deserving of people's uh, attention because he's that good at what he does. Yeah, he's all right. (laughs) (laughs) He actually, his videos actually feel like time is no object. The stuff he builds must be like hundreds of hours worth of work. Mm. There, it's it's there's not enough time between videos for him to physically do. I think he really is like independently wealthy and he has a shop of like 50 minions that can do all the work because sounds about right. the grinding yeah he he's just he's just awesome yeah. what, what about you phil what do you, what do you, what is on your radar this week well it's not so much what i'm watching but the one episode of the uh modern woodworkers association podcast that i listened to <laughs> that uh you know provided my, some my best friend was on that podcast yeah he's not your best friend and that is in the podcast um you should definitely check it out it was a fun one they talked a lot about the conferences that are coming up for woodworking if you're into that um i mean it's the modern woodworkers association podcast so it's definitely about woodworking but uh the last couple of minutes they talked about both and i don't think i have to beep this but both that i'm an ass and friends with mark so it's official so so. I agree with well, half we of that. We knew you were an ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that part, I guess, the wasn't, second half, that uh, wasn't in contention. We need some proof. I don't know. <laughs> well, listen to it, is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, look, I, Phil, I, I think you're mature enough to handle this. I want to be nah, honest with you. I doubt that. Yeah. I, I want to be honest with you. Mark okay. actually called me to make sure it was okay. He, Both of us were thinking you were feeling down lately. He's like, hey, should I throw Phil a bone? I'm like, hey, you're my best friend. You do what you want. I support you. So he called you on the phone? Yeah, we talked. Yeah. Show me week. your call log right now. I, again, exactly. I, I, see, I knew this Lawyered. was going to happen. I knew so this you was deleted gonna happen. it. Right. I knew this was going to happen. Right. That's why okay, this is a fun game. So let's. I told him not to continue do it. living our lives. What? I told him not to do Tim, it. Tim, you wanted to not. He called me. I you said, want to keep doing this shtick? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> let's, let's wrap this up. On Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, I am Phil Pinsky. WilliamLutz.com for a lot of things, William Lutz. He is. He is something. Uh, Tim Sway. Oh, sorry. That's uh, Justin Sparks. Tim Sway. I think most things Tim Sway. Uh, that's Jason Payne. Contact us for show topic suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff by email info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio. On iTunes, leave us those reviews. On Patreon, patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio. And, Tim, can I get a trumpet blast, please? A preemptive trumpet blast. We are now offering T-shirts for yes. sale. Re- you asked for it. We're giving it to you. ReclaimedAudioPodcast.com. There probably will be a link on there on how to get these T-shirts, most likely. Soon. Um, they will be available in four different, uh, let's say. Flavors. Flavors. Excellent word. Um, either they will be just our Reclaimed Audio uh, logo or one of three catchphrases to proudly display your allegiance to one of us. Uh, pick me, and uh, and you'll get to see what those are. You know, one of our one of our ridiculous catchphrases will be on there. Tim's going to be personalizing every single one, unless you choose the no personalization. That seems a little odd, but anyway, make that uh, more clear. What's going to happen? Yeah, so you're going to order. You're going. You're going to take a good. T-shirt that has our reclaimed audio logo on it. Or you can choose to purchase uh, that T-shirt and have Tim actually hand stencil one of our catchphrases on the back. So, so yeah. I, that's pretty cool. This is not you can order one pre-made. This is going to happen once you order it. Right, exactly. Also available in five sizes. Yes. And so that's the idea being that if you want to support the podcast, you can just get the Reclaimed Audio podcast T-shirt. But if you want to support one member of the podcast just a little bit more than the other members of the podcast, you can get the shirt with this hand-stamped, hand-stenciled, uh, you know, personalized uh, catchphrase representing that Should we say what those are, or do they have to go check it out to find out? Mm, agree to disagree. I think we just said them all last week anyways. 
but on the podcast. That really seems my broccoli when you say that. <laughs> yeah. Bearded dragon. Um, utilize. you got to use those dragons. For hashtag utilize. Yeah, hashtag. I gave dragon. you the hashtag, right. yeah. So the stencils are made, and the idea would be that uh, it's like, you know, like a little bragging rights. So it's like, like, see if, you know, maybe there's more Phil shirts sold, which is highly unlikely. Um, then we'll... Agree to disagree. We'll be able to see... <laughs> You know, I, I I don't I don't need to sell but one shirt, and there's one person, and you know who you are, who I hope that gets a shirt with hashtag utilize bearded dragon, and I'll just leave it at that. I yeah I would well that's a good idea. I would like to see who buys Spags the shirt. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. I, I think I think shirt. I might buy one for him. <laughs> I think he's just as pedantic as I am, and he will want agree to disagree because it's. It's the best. I know I've asked this before, but what does pedantic mean? Nitpicky. Oh yeah, you are. You're right. <laughs> so yeah, so check out re- what's re- what's a fancy word for unemployed, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> so so check out reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Uh we'll have the information up there very soon. Hopefully by the time this podcast airs, maybe, maybe not. And uh and start ordering shirts. Likely. Like yeah. Po- let's do this. Yeah. Okay. Do you have all the list of all the sizes and stuff? Or do I have to go through the box and figure out what we have Wait, uh i think i did a size run anyways that seems like podcast business we can do that later no uh, i think we should in do the meantime, this right there now. are only 75 available so first come first serve yes i i would say order it soon because there are 79 listeners to the podcast and there's only 75 shirts so don't miss out mm. true and on that note have a great week guys Bye, everybody. Be good.